Okay, here we go. Jen, look how fast you're getting at this stuff. Right? <laughs> For those of you that are listening to the podcast instead of watching the video cast, you have no idea what I'm talking about, which is really cool. But nonetheless, we are back with a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. This is lucky number 13 for the year for us. Um, so as always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with us pretty much as always is our marketing director, Jen Weibor. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Adam. I do that shit all the time. It is morning <laughs> here for those of you that are uh, listening or watching in syndication. Um, and in fact, it is morning where our guest is, a uh, repeat guest uh, who's uh, had a... Uh, little bit of a, a blossoming, an evolution, a revolution, a uh, cocoon of sorts. We've gone from caterpillar to butterfly since she joined us last. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but no, I love that, it. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. So please welcome a repeat guest to the show, Chelsea Van Buskirk. Welcome back, Thank Chelsea. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. No, no, we love having you. This is, and this is going to be a really cool episode for us because we're going to get to dive into some things that we do work on, we do coach on, we've got some experience with, and is kind of part of this revolution for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, excited. In fact, I guess I'm just now learning that you and Jen talk to each other quite a bit about different stuff. We have been talking a lot lately. Yeah. Well, it all started with you, Adam, because the first time I was a guest, I think that's really where I got introduced to Jen and we became Facebook friends. So I've been following her and just kind of seeing more, learning more about her and her journey too. And I think we have some um, things in common. So it's been kind of fun getting to know her. Uh, yeah. It's quite a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Jen's been doing some really cool shit in the time frame that I've known her. I think I've helped propel a little bit of that. I've turned her into a large audience public speaker. That was relatively new. Uh, and terrifying. She, yeah, she <laughs> now has uh, three big conference type events on her calendar that she plans, uh, well, this year. Uh, certainly, that'll probably continue in perpetuity. Um, and then, of course, she does all kinds of shit that I don't want to have anything to do with, like coaching yoga. <laughs> Yeah. I, I do want to be a part of that. She she keeps threatening to make us all do share yoga in the office, but oh. yeah, I'm. I'm good with that. To, so yeah, Jen, I support happen. it. Yeah, I'm going to be sick be that beneficial. day. The black tank tops are taking over the show. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're talking about the yoga. We're good with that. <laughs> well, and Jen, I, I'm happy to let you. Why don't you? I mean, you had given me a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, bites to work on with Chelsea's revolution rotation evolution blossoming reblossoming whatever we're gonna call it so yeah let's uh talk about what chelsea's been doing since the last time she was on the show yeah which was over a year ago i think right probably For sure. yeah yeah mm -hmm. we're usually booked out like 14 or 15 months so yeah um yeah why don't you talk about what's what's changed in your world and what led to that absolutely so um you know i'm a real estate agent and i got really busy with that kind of business. And then I just had family stuff kind of falling down on me where it just was really hard to kind of navigate business and, and family time. And then of course we have this kind of side hustle. Um, our family's really into um, real estate investing and we started getting into short-term rental investing um, back in 2019, I think was the first purchase we did. And since then we actually just wanted a contract on our, um, 
seventh short-term rental um, last week and I manage them all. So managing those plus our long-term rentals here in Colorado, because the short-term rentals, I guess I should explain, they're not near me, they're all out of state. So that kind of adds a, a layer to um, the management process, but I self-manage all those. So between managing that and the three kids, um, having a real estate business got a lot challenging. So um, even though I did was still getting kind of referrals on clients, I just started referring those clients out to trusted agents I know just to kind of take that off my plate because once you're out of that day-to-day -day agent life, it's really hard to serve your clients well. And so I know that and I'm not going to, you know, I want clients need the best help they can get, especially in the market we're in right now in the Denver area. So um, I've been referring out those clients, um, really spending time with just the kids and managing um, the rentals. Um, and through that, I've always kind of had this longing um, to write a book. Um, that's been something that I've been dreaming about for the last three years. And that, that kind of um, calling, I guess you could say, has really just been, it won't, it won't shut up, right? Like it's still yeah. like in the back, like I need to get, I need to do this. And I love writing. Um, and last year, I think I really started um, coming out more with, um, you know, just the way I, like I, I post on Facebook and things like that, where I, I like to write kind of these long things that I hope just kind of help people think and inspire people. Um, and so I just feel like I have a lot of um, life experience that could in some way benefit others. And so I just want to get my voice out there. And so now I'm just kind of hitting that road hard where I want to spend more time and focusing on um, getting my voice out there, reaching the people that need to hear my message. Um, and then I have this kind of sidebar where I keep, like people keep talking about it too, is like this short-term rental thing. I feel like it's something that people are interested in and they want to know some more details about it. And I feel like I have something to offer as far as like telling people about our experience and how I manage those, how we, you know, just give, giving people information. So I'd like to explore, you know, ways I can help people on that side of things too. So anyway, that's kind of where I'm at is just going down this road of writing and, and hopefully just teaching people what I can offer them, you know? Um, yeah. Where are the short-term rentals? I want to start there. I want to know where. Okay. The yes. So we have <laughs> basically, we have, I want to go on vacation, Chelsea, and I want to know where. I should go. <laughs> yes. So um, we have five in Maui, and then we have uh, one in Destin, Florida, actually in Fort Walton Beach, which is in the Destin area. And we just wanted our contract on the second um, one in the same complex um, in Fort Walton Beach. Um, so really excited about that. So it's kind of nice to have them in the same locations because once you kind of have your systems down in those areas, it's kind of nice when you get the next one to kind of have, you know, I've got my cleaners in place. I know my handyman and um, kind of have my, all that figuring stuff out kind of for the most part figured out. Um, so those are where the short-term rentals are. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Nice places to vacation too. Exactly. Yep. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. I am uh, in support of that idea. Um yeah, we've uh, acquired a couple ourselves as of late. Um, so, yeah, and self-manage. So, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's for those of you that are listening and contemplating that it's not as difficult as you think. Uh, and boy, what the Internet has brought to the table for that. Mm -hmm. um, so much easier to find cleaning people, maintenance people, HVAC people, whatever the case may be. Um, thank you to uh, the hyper local Facebook groups for that kind of shit. But yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I just because I'm going to interject and interrupt because it's what I do. Um, I want to know a little bit more about the content of this book. It sounds almost autobiographical. Yes. So um, the book will be a teaching memoir. And I'm actually working with an editor right now to kind of 
streamline the first book because I feel like I have many books inside me. And so I have so many different themes that I'm trying to narrow it down to what this book's overall theme. So a few of the things that I um, want to talk about are um, finding a purpose in our painful moments of life, like how we kind of, you know, when we're just knocked down off our feet with certain traumatic moments that we may experience, like how do we get through that? How do we find the purpose in those moments? And really talking about um, kind of digging deep and gaining a um, wider bird's eye perspective on those events. Because um, when you're going through it and you're kind of sitting down in it, like your 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 perspective and your, your vision is very um, hyper-focused on just what's in front of you. And it's really hard to kind of get that bird's eye perspective on, on the bigger picture um, of where this, you know, this event in your life is happening. And so um, I feel like kind of speaking on some of the events that I've overcome in my life and just kind of pulling some of those and just helping people, you know, hopefully with their own traumatic events, being able to either relate to some of the things I've been through and just um, having some hope and um, finding, like I said, like that purpose and, and that pain. Um, so that's kind of one overall theme message book. And then another um, big thing for me is speaking to moms and motherhood, especially um, mothers who have people pleasing tendencies. So I think as a caregiver and a people pleaser, it's very hard because you take on this unnecessary responsibility of everybody else's happiness and you basically behave for other people instead of yourself. And you kind of lose yourself. You lose kind of what do I really like? What do I really want? Because you're so focused on what everybody else's needs and wants are that you kind of neglect your own. Um, and that's a hard place to be because you can really kind of kill your soul in a way, you know, like you're basically trapping yourself in. And, and so I really want to illuminate some of those things we go through as um, mothers and caregivers um, and how to kind of overcome those people pleasing tendencies, like realizing, you know, kind of our worth, learning how to love ourselves. Cause that's kind of hard to do when you've spent so much of your life worrying about other people. It's hard, it, you feel guilty trying to work on yourself and, and um, voice your needs. And so that's kind of, you know, about setting boundaries and just kind of overcoming um, that lack of self-confidence and um, kind of self-love. Um, self-care. <laughs> self-care, you're right. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole other one. And then the third one, which is probably the most near and dear to my heart is kind of more about um, the relationship I had with my father. Um, he passed away last year and um, he was just a very significant person in my life. Um, he was in an accident when I was nine months old and became a quadriplegic. So, you know, completely dependent on other people. And so I grew up around that. Um, I did live with my mom for a brief period, but eventually my dad did get custody of me um, about elementary school age and raised me from then on. And so just kind of talking about like the trials of, um, and challenges as living with a disability like that, where you're completely dependent on other people, all the challenges you run to just living your day-to-day -day life. But then this father-daughter relationship that was just so beautiful that we had and just the ways that we saved each other in so many ways during the course of our life together. Um, so that in itself, I think is a story kind of about what true connection really is, what love really is in the sense of um, having compassion for another soul, um, just, um, you know, not like love in the sense of like a, like an intimate sexual relationship, but like the love that you just really like that connection and just like that um, ability to really give yourself to another human and sacrifice things um, for each other and, and different layers of um, life. Uh, 
so, so yeah, so that was kind of, you know, relationship. And also I think hopefully gives hope to other people who may be living with disabilities or, you know, my dad was 29 when he got in that accident, lost use of, you know, his hands, legs. And, you know, I've gone, um, Craig hospital in Denver, Colorado actually is a, a well-known, you know, spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury, um, hospital. So that book kind of, I feel like it's something like I want to give back to that community of people who are struggling with overcoming, you know, a brain injury and having to relearn how to walk, um, people struggling with the spinal cord injuries and rehabilitation and just, you can get really sucked in and it feel lonely and isolated, like your life is over. And I just want to give them hope that, you know, you can still have a life after going through an injury like that. And, um, and especially if you're a parent, like how you can raise up and still be a parent and, and, you know, be that parental figure for your children. Like it doesn't end with your injury. Like you can overcome it. Like you don't have to succumb to like that victimhood. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot going on. So there's, there's a lot, a lot going on. on. That's very yeah. cool. There's yeah. a lot going on. Very, very I, I need cool. a rest. No, sorry. I'm, I'm tired now. <laughs> How your brain must be clicking is uh, exhausting. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. There's for a sure. lot going on there. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. No wonder you don't have time for real estate. Mm-hmm. You probably don't have yeah, time to sleep. Changing. Yeah. Oh, no, I do <laughs> sleep. I have to have my sleep. I'm. You don't want to be around me when I, you know. Those are early days of motherhood. Yeah, when you're not getting sleep, like I am not a fun person to be around. I'll tell you, it's my husband, (laughs) you know, he's had to deal with a lot of, a lot. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. And you don't have to tell us any more than that because you -hmm. might scare some of our audience. I might, yep. All Mm -hmm. right, all right, fair enough. Um, So how far along are you down this road? I mean, we know you've been talking to an editor about kind of helping you shape ideas, shape content, mm-hmm. because yeah, this is obviously more than there's too a many. book. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This the, Just from what you've told us, there's probably three. Yeah. At least. Um, yes. If we're really going to organize thoughts. Yeah. Um, have we put a pen to paper on any of it yet? Yeah. So I've got tons of notebooks filled with stories and content. I've got a bunch of Google Docs. Um, And so right now I basically did a big, just new, brand new brain dump of all my ideas, kind of all there. Um, And then with um, my editor, we're going to comb through that actually this week to really pull out like, what's, what's the biggest thing that I need to talk about right now? Like what's the biggest message that needs to come out right now? Yeah. And so I'm going to fine tune, get my hook for this first book and slowly get to my outline. So I, my goal is within four weeks to have a clear outline on that first book, you know, organizing my stories, like really knowing what my message is, what I'm trying to get across and having that organized, you know, so it flows. So here within four weeks, I should have a complete outline where I've got my chapters together and I kind of have my bullet points of what's going in those chapters, how I'm tying each, you know, how each chapter is going to flow together. Um, And then from there, I'll be working on my book proposal. Um, And so, you know, I'll be taking the outline and, um, I'm sure you're familiar. So Mike, I, I went to a writer's workshop and I have an opportunity to submit my proposal to a big publisher. And um, which is is rare if you if you're never published a book before and you don't have a literary agent, you know, I'm sure you know this too. Like, you know, I know I can self-publish and that'll definitely be the avenue I will go down, but I do want to have a really polished book proposal that I could submit for this um, to this publisher that I know because you have a chance to get it in their editor's eyes without a literary agent because I did their workshop. Um, so that's kind of the goal for that first book. But, um, you know, honestly, if I don't get that proposal accepted by them, like I'm like just, just as excited to get a manuscript finished and self-publish and really just start kind of on this 
avenue of what I'd like to do. Cause I think it's kind of cool that you, you coach this because literally my, my goal and my dream is to be an author and to be a speaker and just basically help people with what I have to offer, you know, um, that's kind of the end goal. So. Okay. So it sounds a little autobiographical. It sounds mm-hmm. a little anecdotal. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to actually tell stories from Chelsea's life. Yep. We've made some moves to start help organizing content. Outline um, actually is uh, about as far as I've gotten on my second book. Well, I guess technically third, but how about my second decent book? Let's talk about, <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, a book that will actually sell copies and help people and that kind of thing. Yeah. Actually, that's, just, I shouldn't say that either. The first one was helpful, but not to the degree of the second and certainly not to the degree of the third. Um, and I would say one of the most important things and shame on me for not doing this yet on the book I'm currently working on is to specifically block out time to work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm anal retentive when it comes to my calendar with time blocking, with activities that I know will get done if they're on my calendar. <clears throat> or maybe I'll make somebody else do them, like Jen. <clears throat> uh, there are a few ringing on my calendar now that I'm waiting on answers from Jen. Um, so we'll get through that. But yeah, when I wrote just the tips, um, I I knew that I had to block out some time to do it. And my team at the time, which actually still comprises a lot of the people on my team today, um, actually made this giant poster and hung it in my office that said something like, write five pages today. I was like, okay, yeah, that's brilliant. And I do need to do that. I actually digitized it and blocked it off on my calendar and for an hour, first thing every morning until it was done, I had a calendar item that said write five pages or write 10, no, it's write five. Mm-hmm. And then when I got done, it was edit 10, edit 10 pages today. Then I felt it was done enough to go to the editor. Yeah. Um, and that it was done enough to have a couple of colleagues write forwards. And that once all of that came back, the forwards had to go to the editor as well. Once all of that came back, we were actually able to start moving into a uh, artwork and bio and, um, you know, publishing options and so on and so forth. But yeah, that was probably the biggest piece of the puzzle. But I would really say that it's that there was kind of a step by step process for me to do it. Uh, the first one I did was uh, help a reporter out. And I don't know if you've used any of that or if any of you watching or listening have used it. But here's an opportunity for you to be a contributor to articles that happen to fall along the lines of what you know, what you do. Um, then you kind of develop into where you are a contributor for those same publications, writing articles yourself. Nothing significant, 1,500 words, that kind of thing. Um, obviously, the ability to get pen to paper to put your thoughts in writing to uh, certainly to gain that kind of notoriety, credibility, so on and so forth, and have your word published is a big deal. And then there are no headaches with publishing. Right. Write your 1,500 words. Magazines all have editors. Magazines all do their own publishing. And boop, there you are out there in the world having written something. Um, then it kind of blossomed into writing a book. 
And forgive me, I don't know why I'm so hung up on the word blossom today, although I do recall <laughs> over the weekend, uh, my parents, uh, my father said to me, tonight we're going to a 95th birthday party for a woman named Blossom. <laughs> so maybe that's so stuck in your head now. Stuck in my head, Blossom. And I, Blossom, I hope you had a wonderful 95th birthday party. <laughs> so um, we'll just get that out of the way. Um, but yeah, it, I, I don't think it's... If you have the ability to write, and one of the few things I will claim that I actually took away from school, uh, and certainly from editors and other people that have written and published, <clears throat> is to write the way that you speak. Mm -hmm. It just makes it so much easier for people to hear your voice, to really get your message. And I think that's probably one of the big skills that I had in my pocket going into writing, publishing a book, um, because the rest of it was relatively logistic between the time of having that initial skill set and walking through all the hoops of artwork and publishing and covers and forwards and all of those uh, little tasks. I think the time blocking was probably one of the biggest things I was able to put together that helped me get that book done. And hopefully one of these days I'll get smart enough to block off time on my calendar to actually pen uh, the next one, because again, all we have so far is concept, outline, title, I think, um, with, you know, we're playing with other uh, ideas. But yeah, that's really, I think, one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle. Um, and a lot of really creative, super creative people, Chelsea apparently being one of them, you know, we've got notepads, and we've got, uh, you know, Google Docs, and we've got all these places where we're just putting pen to paper and then organizing it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately my brain doesn't work that well. It doesn't work that way. Um, so yeah, it's really better for me to come up with the logistics, the organization, the flow, that outline, then start really banging out what we're going to put on paper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a very linear thinker that way. I don't have that same creative bug that the two of you do and before we went live um jen you were talking about something you're contemplating putting on paper you want to fill us in sure a secret yes i'm a terrible secret keeper no um <laughs> no so i also have had the bug to be a published author i mean when I was a kid, my dream was to be a published author. That was my dream job was to just write books. Um, but it's, I've contributed some articles through Harrow. Um, I posted that link in the comments for those of you who haven't heard of Help a Reporter Out. It's a really easy way to get started just writing. Um, but I have become pretty transparent about my story and what I went through. I um, share a lot of it, similar to what Chelsea was saying on social media, take some time to write some solid captions about what I went through four years ago and how my life has changed. Um, and I'm figuring out how to share that story because I mean, one of the most powerful moments for me was a few years ago when I shared my story, a woman reached out to me and said that she had written a suicide letter to her family until she saw my story. And then she tore up the letter. And that has always weighed so heavy on me that like, we should be sharing the things mm -hmm. we've been through. We should be putting out to the world how you come out of these dark places and it's different for everybody but um for me it was yoga largely um and i think that that's what mine will center around um in yoga teacher training i said my yoga mat was the place that i found the footing to climb out of the hole that i was in and that's kind of wow. where i think 
Mm -hmm. uh, when I wrote that down, I was like in tears in the middle of yoga teacher training. And I was like, this is, this is what I want to center around. Um, so I've done a little pen to paper. Um, Chelsea's actually seen it. I sent it to her. Um, but really it's, it's hard to figure out how to involve the emotion, but not overly involve the emotion because it has to, you know, resonate with other people. So that's kind of, um, I'm actually like taking notes while you guys are talking of things that are coming into my brain about getting published, but it has always been a dream of mine to get published. Um, and it's going to take some time, but I'm, I, I, I don't know how Chelsea and I connected more. It was literally, I reached out to her to make sure she was good to be on the show again. And she and I have been talking a lot. So, um, I'm appreciative of the inspiration to really make it happen. Cause this is something I've been talking about for a long time. Um, and I really, I want to get my story out there and help people realize that even at the darkest times, there is a way out, mm -hmm. which sounds cliche, but it's true. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, like the hell that I went through has proven that anything else that comes my way is nothing compared to what I've already been through, like nothing. So um, I'm working on just figuring out the focus and the theme. I love the idea of working with an editor to kind of organize those thoughts of how to put it all together for sure. But um, I'm really excited to make it happen. Look at the bridges, just the tips is building. God damn. <laughs> but no, oh, no, no, you're not getting off that easy, oh, Jen. Yeah, no, no. I, you've See, got I have it. the controls over here, Adam. Mm, I I, oh, I have them too. <laughs> I, I can do that too. I guess you could disappear on us. Ghost us. But no, give us, come on, give us a little bit of the story. Chelsea did. Uh, I mean, for me, I was engaged four years ago. I can't believe it's been four years. Um, I was raising my ex's son. Um, I always used to say I went from being single to a single mom because he was an over-the-road truck driver. Um, so I took him in about six months after we started dating. Uh, and so I had no idea what the hell I was doing. No idea. No, People were those like, of us that are seasoned parents don't know what the hell we're doing. So yeah. Don't feel too bad. So my friends were like, you're doing what? You're taking it. That's a human, you know, that's not a cat. You can't yeah. just like put a heating pad out and make it happy. No. Um, so I took him in and I mean, it was the stereotypical, I was completely madly in love and I'll never deny the fact that I was completely in love with him. Um, we were supposed to elope and then he called that off. And then he proposed and we planned the big wedding. Um, and I'll never forget it. We were riding in the truck um, in a snowstorm when he told me he didn't want to marry me anymore. And it literally like felt like the world just fell out from under me. Um, but then I went to Greece for 11 days and was ready to like move on, get out, whatever. Came back, he wanted to get married again. So we planned to elope. I went on my bachelorette to New Orleans, which was the best part of this whole story is that I still got to go to New Orleans with most of my best friends. It was an amazing <laughs> time. Um, but came back and I knew it. Like I, if anything, I think I learned to trust my gut because I knew when I was in New Orleans that he didn't want to marry me anymore. And it took six weeks after that for him to tell me. Um, but long story short, I fell into a really deep depression, came out here. And one of my friends offered for me to pack up my animals and move across the country. Um, and when I, she's an angel in my world. She's like, I will forever be grateful. I don't know where I would be without her. Um, but my ex ended up getting married six months after I moved out here to someone else. Um, I continued to help run his business until mostly my coworkers were like, uh, what the fuck are you doing? I think I dropped the first F-bomb of the show today. I'm so proud. <laughs> um, so yeah. And it's been rebuilding my life from there. Cause I didn't even know who I was anymore. I was running his business. Um, that's when I started my business, which led me to working for Adam, which led me to all of this. 
Um, and I'm in the best place I've ever been in my whole life, but I went through hell to get here. I worked hard for it. So yeah. Fantastic. This is, this is going to be so much fun to watch the two of you develop <laughs> these, you know, autobiographical, anecdotal, God, it's almost self-help kind of stuff, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it'll be your stories yeah. that other people experience, You're, right? I, with, with nearly 8 billion people on the planet, we all know we're not the only ones to have gone through whatever shit we've gone through. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, So, yeah, for people to be able to adopt and empathize and sympathize and know that there's a light out there and it's actually not a train coming at you in the opposite direction is a very, very big deal. Both of you have shared some pretty significant shit that's occurred to you, whether it's Jen's story about her ex or Chelsea's dad or whatever the case may be. It was not a train coming down the track at the other end of the tunnel, right? Cool metamorphosis yeah. kind of shit going on here. We're blossoming. We're blossoming. Blossoming, yeah. yeah word absolutely. of the week, it's a blossom. Yes, and, and all credit to Blossom and her her birthday, birthday yeah. For, yeah, for us to be able to use that analogy. Um, yeah, this is fantastic stuff. Certainly one of the most unique episodes we've had here on How I Met Your Mortgage, which is fantastic um i think the message i really like for our audience to get here is that wherever you are you don't have to put the rest of the crap off you don't have to throw your dreams in a drawer you don't have to do any of that chelsea when when she was on our show last time she had already been vetted She'd already been, you know, scoured, as it were. We went through all her internet shit and made sure that, you know, she was going to be the worthy guest. We want to make sure that our audience is getting something out of our guests, not just listening to Jen and I ramble over and over about the same shit you need to be doing. You need to hear it from other people. And in what's a year or so, but let's, you know, call it a year for intents and purposes, uh, a transformation has been made. She is doing something different than what she was doing then, despite being successful then. I don't think any of us have any doubts that she'll be successful with this stuff. Chelsea, the kids are still alive, right? Yeah, yeah, we're See? good. So. See? Mm-hmm. so there we go. It's not just about the heating pad and kibble. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> which is what, you know, Jen probably thought taking on, or at least Jen's friends thought when she <gasps> took on her pseudo stepson at the time. Jen, same kind of thing. Dark fucking place those few years ago. Yep. And here you are trying to convince the rest of your team to do chair yoga. I, I mean, I got two on board and I bet TJ would say yes. So it's just you now. Oh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you work with a bunch of women. You're kind of I'm, I'm going to be sick that day. Um, in any case, <laughs> what I'm getting at here for our audience is that maybe you're in a rut. It happens, right? Grooves turn into ruts pretty easily, people. That's the problem with getting in and staying in a groove. It's not hard for that groove to turn into a rut. Um, And I see a lot of people freaking out over the last couple of years. Obviously, the majority of our audience and uh, nearly the entirety of our coaching clients are real estate agents and mortgage originators. And the last couple of years have been tough on those businesses. The last few months have been tough on, really tough on both of those businesses. So we see a lot of negativity swimming around. Well, guess what? Go open the drawer, 
pull out that other thing that you wanted to do. Go expand. Go metamorphosize. Go blossom. 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 I was going to get it in there. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's never the end of the road. And yeah, Jen, I know we're going to run over if we're not already, but totally worth it. Let's totally get Chelsea back because she's going to have a book under her belt by the time we do. Mm-hmm. June of 23, Chelsea. Oh, right. all right. So right. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's unreasonable to have certainly made a lot of headway. I'm not going to lie. It took me years to write and edit and publish and do all the work with my first real book. Um, it'll probably take me that kind of time again. But again, if we start time blocking it out and putting our minds to it, so on and so forth, I would be willing to bet that the three of us can show an awful lot of progress on that particular subject the next time we can get Chelsea on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. I see that as a challenge. <laughs> and apparently right? challenge yeah, accepted. Motivation. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm good with that. All right, Jen, take us home. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. If you want to find out more about us, you can text TIPS to 63566. It will literally tell you everything you want to know, plus probably things you don't want to know about us. Um, You can get a copy, speaking of which, of Adam's first book, Just the Tips. You, Chelsea will get you a copy of that, by the way. You can see recent episodes of the show, the podcast, uh, our recent weekly little tips. Big thing, social media day Denver tickets are on sale now. Um, Early bird price is $99 just for a couple more weeks, and then the price will go up. So um, grab your tickets for that. It is Thursday, June 30th uh, at Metro State University. We have a great partnership with them for that event. Um, And before long, Mile High Mastermind tickets will be going on sale too. So that's September 16th and 17th at the University of Denver. So that's a two-day conference. Um, It's our sixth annual Mile High Mastermind coming up this year. So all of that and more by texting TIPS to 63566. Cool. Um, And Chelsea, thanks. I know that we probably did this last time. I know it's hard to carve out this kind of time on a Monday morning. And yes, it is morning where the three of us are. I know not all of you get that. Um, But I know it's uh, a big deal, but we do love having you aboard. Well, I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. You bet. All right. If there's uh, nothing else, then thanks for watching or listening live or in syndication. Uh, We are typically here live on Monday mornings at 1030 Mountain Time. And you can obviously uh, catch us in syndication on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Twitter. uh, Twitter. I don't know what else I'm missing. Amazon soon. I'm working on Amazon podcasts. They reached out to us that they want the show on Amazon. So that is well, with, with the increase in listenership that you've gotten this year, that does not really surprise me. It, uh, there were weeks where it was a 900% increase per week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No surprise there. <laughs> well, Chelsea, thank you again very much for uh, yes, those of you, you listening or watching. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you guys next week. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you.